Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us, and thank you to Eric for joining us as well. I know. I'm ba- <laughs> I sort of ate my own words a couple weeks ago saying, I'm back here to stay, but some other shit came up, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to have to skip this week out as well. <laughs> Life is a pain in the ass a, a lot of the time. A lot of the time, really, but... You know, I'm not going to bore you with all the stories of what happened to me in the last couple weeks, except for the shows I attended, but that's later down the road. Um, So, yeah, hopefully I will be back next week. But for now, I'm here, and (laughs) dude, have I got a lot of shit to say, a lot of songs to cover, and a lot of, yeah, and a lot of uh, new releases to talk about. Well, let's do it. Let's get into those new releases. Uh, I'm going to start on September 18th. Suburban Toys released Out of the Blue, which is a single on Fungalized Punk. Cigarette Camp released Chalk, which is an EP on Dead Broke Records. Uh, Starving Wolves put out a new single called Please Listen on Pirates Press Records. They played that single at the show I saw them play with Special Duties at the beginning of September. Media Slaves, we're going to talk more about that one here in a moment. Uh, they released on the 20th, Don't Quit Your Day Job, which is a single. Tempesta released Serum. Strange Light, that's uh, also on 20th. On the 21st, Strange Light released Power rent, con- power rent Control, <laughs> and then the other track is A Three Day Weekend, so two tracks there. Paranoid released Scum, then on the 22nd, Young Eyes released All These Steps Lead Us the Wrong Way on Rad Girlfriend Records. American Television released Scars, uh, a lot of releases on the 22nd as it was a Friday. Train Dodge released The Alley Parade on Spartan Records, Clover's Curfew, released Sail Away. We'll be talking about that later on the show. Chaver released Of Gloom on BDHW Records. The O'Reilly's and the Patty Hats released Wake the Rebels. I want to listen to that one. Haven't yet. Pew 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 released Sick Days. De Dorks released Gefschmolds Gefschaftsmodel Haas. There you go. That's what I'm going with. That's on Demons Run Amok. Go Betty Go put out a new single, Keep Up. It's on Wiretap Records. Tuning released Dark Hours EP on Indecision Records. Freya released Fight as One, uh, which is an LP on Upstate Records. I think the title track features Freddy from Madball on it, which is pretty cool. It's a good track. Righteous. Uh, Then Force Majeure released uh, a new LP, Triste Sire, and that's on Primator Crew and Double Turn Records, and it's awesome. I listened to that like probably at least twice through since uh, a couple days ago. The Slackers released Kill You, which is a single on Pirates Press Records. It's actually, I think, two tracks. Oh, one was a cover, the uh, State House song. You know, that's that reggae song. Uh, I think it's called the State House or something uh, like that. They did a cover of that one, which it, is on there. I listened to both. Kill you. Ring a bell. At least the title doesn't. Uh, I just, I assume I'd recognize it if I heard it, but yeah, I just don't know the State House. You say? I think it's called something like the State House or something like that. Hmm. Anyway, it's the Slackers. They're cool. Two tracks. Teenage Hearts released a an LP called "Didn't Get Invited." It's on Tough Ain't Enough Records, and I think. 
It got released on a couple other labels as well. Cold as Life released Declination of Independence on A389 Recordings. Iron Mind released Assume Your Ultimate Form, which is a single on Last Ride Records. Realize released Two Human Minutes. I don't know what, as opposed to what kind of other minutes, but Two Human Minutes on Dead Broke Records. Faulty Cognitions released a demo. Grave Secrets released Fuck Shit Up, which is a single. They have an LP coming out soon. That's on Wiretap Records. Out of Chaos released Traitors, which is a single. False Witness released Etched in Flesh, which is a single. Then, finally, on the 23rd, Bizarra Locomotiva released uh, Volutabro on Rastilo Records. I think that's out of Portugal. Uh, Strangular, let's see, on the 25th, Strangulatorius, I think that's the band's name, with, <laughs> with the Tactics released a, a split on Pasaderic Pats Records. <laughs> that's a lot of uh, alliteration there. <laughs> it's one word, too. Strangula, Strangulatorius, I think. I'm going with it. All right, on the 26th, the Bucket released a split with a few years later, is the name of the band, Aborted Tortoise released a split with Ghoulies on the 27th. Dirty Job released a new EP called World's Decay. It just came out like a couple hours before we were recording this. I listened to it already. I like it a lot. It's uh, band members from the band Stanley. It's an Italian band. The Italian oi band Stanley, well, features those band members, or at least some of them in this band, Dirty Job. Then Contra Code is releasing Friday Junior on the 28th. On the 29th, Filth is Eternal is releasing Find Out. Broken Vows releasing Anthropocene on Triple B Records. Blackest Dawn's releasing Twisted Place, on, which is an EP on Upstate Records, which I think right now they are doing a listening party on Bandcamp for it. 68 or 68 is releasing Yes And on Pure Noise Records. Damn, 68's still doing shit? Man, I haven't heard of them, heard of from them in like, God, so long. I lost count of how many years. Yes, and that's the name of the album yes or the and. release. <laughs> yes, and it's going to be on Pure Noise Records. Also, Savage Beats releasing tomorrow might never come, and used to be a tiger. Two tracks on Wapshwap Records. Lame is releasing Dejad K Vingan on La Vida Es Un Musdiscos. The Atom Age is releasing self-titled Atom Age on Asian Man Records. School Drugs are releasing Procession, which is an EP on Indecision Records. Death Blow are releasing Rotten Trajectory, on, which is an EP. Uh, Violent Way is releasing This Is For Us. Not sure if it's an EP or an LP, but whatever it is, I love Violent Way, so I'm really excited for that one this weekend. Yeah. Mortar is releasing Fire and Steel on Nikt Nik Ni Vai which is NNNW. I don't know what that one is. Uh, newer to me, but I figured I'd put it out there in case other people do know about it. <laughs> uh, Choke Combat is releasing a self-titled Choke Combat LP on TASM Records and Steeltown Records. Is that another side project from Slapshot Singer? <laughs> you would think, but no, it is not. <laughs> Choke Combat, though. It's a good name, and they already beat him to it, so he's got to come up with something else now. Yeah. We need something else other than <laughs> Stars and Stripes, but... <laughs> Uh, a few more to go. We're going to go up to the 7th, so about four more. Let's see. Stingrays releasing Fortress Britain on La Vida Es Un Mus Discos. 
On the first, on the fifth, under the influence, UTI are releasing Dragon Blood on 1054 records. Flying Frogs are releasing WTF is going on on melodic punk style. And then finally, Last Real Hero are releasing The Calling of the Gun. Uh, the sixth, that seems like there's going to be a lot more. Maybe we'll have a lot more to talk about next week, as that is also going to be a Bandcamp Friday. I got a lot more October releases, like the 13th, which, I mean, people can't pass up October 13th. Bands like Damn by the Night are going to be putting their release out. Oh, yeah. People aren't going to be passing up on that opportunity, but we'll get there when we get there. Eric, it's your turn. What do you got? Well, yeah, the 22nd was a busy release day, but so was the 15th. 15th, I mean, there was, I don't know what, what it was about that day, but you had Magnitude releasing Of Days Renewed, Give Up Hope to Those Who Wait, Serration, Stimulations of Hell, Since We Were Kids, Rehashed Road Rash, and Slaves UK. Yes, I know they're called soft noise, whatever the fuck they are, but <laughs> I refuse to call them that. They will always be slaves to me. That sounded wrong, but in context, it makes sense. <laughs> Anyway, they released their song, uh, Punk's Dead. It's live from Reading. That is a single. You can uh, check that out. Uh, Hatred Surge released Horrible Mess, a compilation of songs that they released from the years of 2005 to 2007. And Great Falls released Objects Without Pain. Then on the 16th, Last Responders released a new single called Time Well Spent. And yeah, the 21st, I listened to that Scum EP by Paranoid. And yeah, I like it. Okay. You know, what else can I say about it? I like <laughs> it. Well, I can, I'm sure I can say more. I just have to listen to it again. Sounds good. You know. Anyway, the 22nd, yes, was sort of a busy release day, but you covered uh, Cold as Life. Uh, and yeah, Choice to Make released Nature of Mortality. Be talking about that in a little bit. Uh, but Cannibal Corpse released their new album, Chaos Horrific. And man, is it a brutaler. Is it a brutal album? I mean, yeah, you kind of expect that with uh, Cannibal Corpse. I mean, would you expect anything less? No. <laughs> if Cannibal Corpse went acoustic, now that would be funny. That would be, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are those, uh, there are those edits online of like uh, doing the Disney Channel versions of <laughs> metal songs. They've done that with Slipknot songs and Cannibal Corpse songs and you know other metal songs, but. Hearing Cannibal Corpse's Hammer Smash Face sung through, like, Disney pop sounds is fucking hilarious. Something inside me, it's, it's coming out. I feel like killing you. It's, it's hilarious. Oh, and uh, also, Stevie T, Steve Tedderberry, he's also a YouTube uh, guitarist. He's, uh, he's kind of an acquired taste i should say but for me he's good in small doses but he did one where it was like a lounge jazz versions of cannibal corpse songs like a sort of easy listening and a crooner voice and they're t and he's just talking about you know cannibal corpse lyrics about like dissecting people and eating their inyards or you know shit like that nice. <laughs> so, so definitely check that out like the jazz version of cannibal corpse songs i don't know but Oh, yeah, and then there was, uh, you remember uh, last year I played that, uh, uh, the ukulele cover of Slayer's Payback? Yeah. Yeah, by that, uh, yeah, by Rob Scallion and uh, Sarah Longfield, right. two other YouTubers 
They did a uke cover of the song Evidence in the Furnace by Cannibal Corpse. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's possible. It's out there. But to hear Cannibal Corpse themselves do that would just be would just be hilarious. They often joke about like uh, you know, they're gonna run out of uh, song titles of like how you can kill someone. <laughs> Eventually it's just gonna get to the point where it's like Dying silently in your sleep, or dying peacefully in your sleep. <laughs> uh, but I don't think they've reached that point yet. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track here. The new Cannibal Corpse album, it's awesome. It just sounds like old school death metal, like, uh, you know, back in the mid-90s when they were, like, really getting their steed. So, I salute them. Anyway, um, moving on. On the uh, 26th, Hold My Own released their single, In My Way. And this was a big surprise to me. Year of the Knife announced their new album is going to be released. If you don't remember Year of the Knife, they got in a super bad car wreck here uh, when, they, uh, when they were on tour with Creeping Death. Oh, they got hit. Good. Yeah, they had a collision with a semi-truck. And all, yeah, all band members were injured to a point, but Maddie, their vocalist, she got the brunt end of it. She was comatose for a while, and she was like, making a recovery gradually and you know and they were talking about how they had new music on the horizon i'm just like well god damn i don't even know if these guys are going to be a band anymore right there haven't been much updates on uh on her condition or anything anything of that nature no one's covered anything they haven't posted anything but i guess that's just because you know they're it's their problem it's their concern you know it's like we appreciate all you guys reaching out, donating, and uh, just doing everything like that. But, you know, it's our family, it's our friends, our loved ones. Uh, we got to handle it. Right. Yeah, so I assume, I assume that's what's going on. At least that would be me. Um, but, yeah, they made an announcement a couple days ago on their Instagram. That's like, boom, we have a new single out called Wish, which features Devin from Sanguisugabog. I still don't know how to say that name properly. <laughs> also, Last Laugh, which features Dylan from Full of Hell. And it's going to be coming up on our album that's going to be released at the at the end of October, 27th, called No Love Lost. So I'm like, oh, damn. Well, apparently these guys still have some juice left in them, but we won't know if they're going to continue until... You know, until we get the idea of what Maddie's going through, because okay. she's the voice of that band, right? Yeah, and oh my God, I just, I just hope she's doing well. I hope they're all doing well because, you know, I can attest, injuries don't just affect you; they affect everyone who gives a shit about you. True. God damn. So, so yeah, I feel for you guys. Just uh, again, I hope things get better. If you even listen to this, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assume you will. At one point, I'll be—I'll have to listen to those uh, "Year of the Knife" songs and uh, plug them because I'm sure they're good. Because <laughs> they're a fucking great band. Anyway, I—I I keep getting sidetracked here, but this was important. Uh, the 29th, uh, Harm's Way—they released "Common Suffering" and Threer. Uh, I'm sorry, this is going to be released two days from now. Okay. At time of recording, it's going to be released two days from now. 29th, Harm's Way will be releasing Common Suffering, and Threer will be releasing To Love and Love Alone EP. I'm like, okay, let's see how this one turns out. Last year, I, t I spoke of my sort of uh, 
Uh, let's see, disagreements, we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I gave a sort of a harsh critique on a three years new album and how it just felt so... Uh, I just didn't get the hype, really. I mean, I sort of got the hype, but it just wasn't affecting me in the way that it did most. Not talking shit on Threer. I still am not talking shit on Threer. They're a great band, great musicians, great composers, and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it just felt very one-trick pony to me. Sorry. Okay. So hopefully the EP is more befitting to uh, my taste. I don't think they're going to change it because of little old me, but... <laughs> I don't expect any, expect any band to do that because, you know, they're doing what they're doing. I just happen to be listening, so whatever. Uh, so I hope that that's a. I hope it turns out. I hope it turns out cool. <laughs> anyway, on October first, our friends in Damned by Night will be releasing their single from their upcoming album, Red Death. The album itself is going to be called From the Shadows to the Coffin. And there was a single, the titular single, actually, that was released last year. Okay. So they've been, they've been plugging this for a while. And John, of course, is a dear sweet John from American Records, who's also drumming for this band, always keeps me up to date with the new shit being released. I'm like, well, That's I'm happy cool. to promote it. I'm happy to plug it. I'll be playing the Red Death single uh, next episode because, hey, we're in that season. It's Halloween. And these guys, in case you couldn't tell by the little uh, monikers they use, are very Halloween themed. Sort of. <laughs> uh, not exactly death rock, goth rock, or psychobilly, just horror rock. Nice. Yeah. Not even really horror punk, at least not on the grounds of Misfits or Blitzkid. They're related to it, but you hear it and you don't hear the aforementioned bands, so to speak. Uh, so yeah, more on that later. On the fifth, Under the Influence, Dragon Blood. I have yet to listen to that. It's, sounds like it's going to be awesome. And finally, on the sixth, and I do mean finally because the band Last is releasing Sifting Through the Ash for the Belongings of Our Loved Ones. Okay. I'm like, wow, that is a lengthy and very disparaging title. That sure is. That's really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Sifted through the ash for the belongings of our loved ones. It's like, huh, that gets uh, kind of 9-11 uh, vibes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I'm just, that's just where my brain goes to because I I grew up in fucking uh, Patriot Act, War on Terror, Mission Accomplished America. So, yeah, that's kind of embedded in our heads. But last, they're an awesome, awesome drone, industrialized drone band, to be specific. Sort of like if uh, you mix Sun and ministry, and just let them loose on the on the world. That's okay. what last is. It's like droney industrial. Uh, so yeah, if you got like a uh, ten hours to spare, <laughs> <laughs> look for that album. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move on to uh, music that we're gonna actually be playing. The aforementioned choice to make and their new EP. Choice to make, they're a hardcore band from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Well, some of them are from Scranton. The others are from, uh, uh, what is it, Wilkes-Bar? Yeah. Wilkes-Berry. Rick Wilkes-Berry. I only know this because I came across that recently. I thought it was Wilkes-Bar too, but the people there pronounce it as Wilkes-Berry. Yeah. Well, I guess bar would just be with uh, two R's, like a, you know, Al-Bar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know how a lot of those uh, Northeast uh, accents work, but, you know, we'll be hanging around there for a little bit in this episode. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, formed in Pennsylvania in 2018, and they were comprised of members from One Step Closer, Worn, Strength to Reason, and they compose hardcore music, but fitting to various styles of East Coast hardcore. They have the raw musicality of older bands like Slapshot and Agnostic Front, but can throw down as hard as Earth Crisis or Hatebreed, all encased in a palatable concoction suitable for any contemporary listeners. Nice. Anyway, <laughs> they have... Yeah, they haven't been around long. Like I said, they formed in 2018, released their demo that year, then released their EP, Vicious Existence, in 2020, and then they released Nature of Mortality just now. <laughs> okay, just now is in like on the 9th of September, but still <laughs> now-ish. <laughs> and of all the songs on here, I just had to go with uh, No Coming Back. It is the first single that was released for this EP, and it has the crunchiest riffs, the most danceable grooves, and the catchiest chants. I mean, there's a reason that this was their flagship song. It gets everybody in. All the hardcore kids can love this. And it's like, all right, now we got you. Now let's show what else we have. But for now, let's hear No Coming Back. See what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Catering to the old heads and the young bucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, the old stags and the young bucks. Nice. There we go. I, I don't know how many people associate hardcore kids with deer, but <laughs> I just did. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> anyway, choice to make. They're punching hard and uh, stomping fast and uh, you know, stomping fast, also stomping hard. Whatever, they're good. <laughs> so, right. It's a choice to make. It's good to have you around. Hopefully, you'll stick around for a while. It's your choice. Huh? Huh? <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Media Slaves. We're going to head over to Vancouver in British Columbia. Uh, Johnny sent an email on the 20th, so last week, the day we were recording the last episode, or at least I was. Uh, but Eric was on the interview that was included on that episode. Uh, I want to thank Johnny for reaching out. As always, we love Media Slaves, so like to be kept up to date on Media Slaves. 
They released a single that day. That's why he sent an email. Yeah. So, see, I was on the last episode. You sure were. uh, For different reasons. (laughs) Yes. And on one of those other episodes you didn't record on, uh, we included the interview with Oil Change, which you were a part of. So, technically still a part on that episode, too. All right. There you go. So, I'm still technically got a clean attendance record. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, so Johnny, thank you. Don't Quit Your Day Job is the new single that the band released on September 20th. Uh, The particular song is about feeling trapped by today's economic system, feeling like you're stuck in a full-time job that doesn't fulfill you to simply survive within a cycle of financial strain. Strain caused partly by corporately funded political systems and partly by our own poor spending habits. It's all very true. You really sized me up. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there that can relate. It's a cool song, so obviously a great medium to digest and relate to others. Let's do so with Media Slaves. Here is Don't Quit Your Day Job. Yeah. 
Well, media slaves, don't quit your day job. <laughs> Great stuff. So fucking, so fucking good. The vocalists, uh, the vocals sort of remind me of uh, of Daryl's vocals. Daryl from uh, Snapcase. Oh, okay. You know, like it's still got the same uh, raspy tone, uh, same, uh, uh, yeah, tone, and uh, he's hitting the same octaves that he is. And the way that that vocals are mixed into that uh, into that music. It just, it sounds very similar to what I hear in uh you know in any Snapcase album. Well, maybe with the exception of the first one because the first one's really raw. But you know, you think of the song like Caboose. Okay. Yeah, that's what the that those vocal stylings remind me of uh, that. Cool. So, so yeah, obviously the music is different because I mean, can you really put Snapcase in a <laughs> in a word? <laughs> in a word, it's uh. Yeah, it's just Snapcase. I can't right. even I can't even say it's sort of technical, but it's not mathcore. It's sort of uh, strange, but it's still digestible. It's hardcore, but it's also like metal as fuck, and also kind of jazzy in weird ways. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that Snapcase. <laughs> but but those guys are uh, yeah, they got that same uh, vocal stylings over uh, you know by comparison, rather simple yet heavy music. Yes, Media Slaves, awesome. Don't Quit Your Day Job is that new single. Thank you again to Johnny. Uh, we're going to play another couple new tracks because Eric's got another new one. Uh, the one I'm going to play right now, band that just reached out a couple days ago by way of Sean. So thank you, Sean. The band is Red Kate. Uh, Red Kate is from Kansas City in Missouri. Uh, this is an album that they have coming out called Exit Strategy, but the album's not due out till November 10th. They do have a couple singles, one which was released, I want to say it was back in April. I had the date. looks like it's not here at the moment, but shut it down. We're going to play that track here in uh, just a moment, but they do have uh, another single. The band has got the album coming out. They are on a collective label, which is interesting. I think it's a really cool concept and definitely uh, worth the discussing right here. So uh, cool stuff. It's called Black Sight. And with Black Sight, uh, let me pull this up. It's it better to read it out word for word instead of uh, trying to paraphrase what I remember. Uh, so they are, the band is no bullshit, class conscious, punk rock and rollers. Uh, they're, this is their new mu first new music in five years. Shut it down. That's like I said. That's what we're gonna listen to, and that came out a few months ago. Uh, Exit Strategy is gonna be the band's third album, and the band is on was a black site, which is uh, where is that? Okay, I'll come back to that here in just a moment. Uh, Shut It Down is going to be what we're going to play here in just a second. Oh, here we go. Black Sight is a record label cooperative created by Kansas City musicians interested in supporting regional punk and rock bands. Release the recordings on a physical medium with the world around us becoming a deluge of digital ones and zeros. Uh, I assume that's what that's supposed to be. I's and O's. I think it's ones and zeros. Transient as a trust fund, <laughs> crust punk on a cross-country excursion. Tangible art is critical to maintaining connections to our past, our sense of place, and who we are as a people. 
only we can create the world we want to live in. Uh, reciprocity and solidarity are the cornerstones of building long-lasting, self-sustaining community power that pushes back against the commodification of our culture. Music is not a business, punk is not a brand, and DIY is not a lifestyle to be consumed. This is a way of life, and we don't hang together. We surely, uh, if we don't hang together, we'll surely hang alone. So I wanted to make sure I read it word for word instead of paraphrasing, because I thought that's really cool what they are doing there, and maybe other places can take that idea and run with it themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we can work better when we work together. So, all that being said, Exit Strategy is coming out in about a month and a half. Uh, you can look for it coming out on Black Site. The band, again, is called Red Kate. The track we're going to check out right now is Shut It Down. Start anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Red Kate. turn it off and on again. <laughs> <laughs> That's Red Kate. Good stuff. Uh, very rock and roll. I like the, the rock and roll elements the band has. Oh, yeah, especially those uh, blues bars. Right? Yeah, bars, not bar A's. <laughs> <laughs> right? Good stuff. Check them out from Kansas City. Exit Strategy will be out on November 10th. I'm sure we'll be talking more about that as it gets closer. Eric, you've got something new. I mean, I, what did we do? We went to Wilkes-Barre, and, uh, and, <laughs> and then we went to Vancouver, and then back to the States, to Kansas City. And then we're going to go back up to Canada, but this time to Alberta. Yep, Calgary, so to sp specifically. And yeah, we're going to be talking about territories. Territories. I love territories. These guys are great. You know, just soft in their delivery, but aggressive in their message. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for those of you that, those of you that don't know about territories, they are a band formed in, you know, as aforementioned, in Calgary back in 2015. 15, 15, 2015, <laughs> they formed from the ashes of the band's uh, Knucklehead and uh, what was that one, Rummy? Rum Runner. Yeah, Rum Runner. Ah, oh, there it is, Rum Runner. My finger was covering up the stupid <laughs> word. Yeah. Anyway, they released their first album in uh, 2018. It was the self-titled. And then they released two singles in 2019 that teased their second album, When the Day is Done, the following year. One of which was The Lockdown Has Gotta Go. That was my introduction to them. And that's still, the replay value on that song is so strong. Right? Yeah, because it's, uh, yeah, it's catchy as all hell, but it's got a, it's got a rather <clears throat> loaded message. Right. You know? Can't, can't solve the problem of school shootings by arming the teachers. That's just not going to cut it. Anyway, <laughs> this... Uh, so yeah, they have a new single out. This is the first song that they've released since uh, uh, since their single short, shell, short Seller, and that was two and a half years ago. This one, Superhero, is, uh, well, it's territories doing what they do best. It's punk music that's actually catchy and melodic, but has enough amperage, so to speak, as to not alienate themselves too far from the punk standards. The song lives up to the expectation of what's presented on the cover. It's a stencil image of a still shot from the movie They Live. And if you know, the, if you know They Live, the guy uh, puts on the uh, glasses and sees the world for what it is. Right. It's like, yeah, all the corporate advertising. It's like, obey, buy our product. It's so blatantly said. And he sees all the people who are like the, uh, you know, the talking heads who are like pushing that, those messages. And they all have those... Uh, those faces, those sort of zombified alien faces. It's right. Great. Oh, yeah, it's great. For those of you who haven't seen it or don't know what They Live is, it's the song about that guy coming into a bank saying he's all out of bubble gum and that he has to kick some ass <laughs> <laughs> because he's all out of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, They Live, it's a, you know, it's a John Carpenter sci-fi movie, and it's still very, still very profound in its message. It's just basically like, don't, don't believe in the billboards. Don't believe what they're saying on the on the TV. And that's exactly what Territories is saying here. They're, the lyrics are calling out the uh, uh, the mind control gimmicks of uh, of news outlets who manipulate the mindsets of easily persuaded viewers and listeners, no matter the legitimacy of the story. And 
And also with how the advent of social media, the spread of misinformation has increased tenfold. And everyone has a platform now. Everyone holds themselves on an imaginary pedestal, despite the fact that their approach um, in how they present themselves is uh, just siphoned rhetoric. <laughs> you know? What are your credentials? What experiences do you have? Why should we trust you specifically? You know? Right. There's no backing behind it. Yeah, you have a Facebook. So does everyone else. <laughs> you have a Twitter. So does everyone else. Right. You know, all corporations they have Twitters. You know. True. But it's not so much the it's the brand that sort of uh, defines the legitimacy the legitimacy of such information being spread. But even some of the big news outlets, you know, the one the punching bags of which are always like CNN and Fox News. And they use, like, uh, clickbait headlines to get you to look at the article and make an opinion based on the headline before you actually go in and read it. I will venture to say that all national news, uh, no matter what you want to, three letters you want to attach to them, (laughs) Uh (laughs) they all are the same shit. Most of them are owned by... Uh, a handful of corporations, and so they're all spewing the same shit. Sometimes it's opposite sides. Doesn't mean either is right. Mm-hmm. But it's all the same shit. Again, everybody's wrong. Everybody's right. Sham69 said it back, <laughs> in, the t- back <laughs> in the day. Only that was more about like a social protocol. <laughs> this is still like a... Yeah, again, it's like listen to the news... Absorb that information, but before you go making an opinion on it, <laughs> before you start turning into a zombified motherfucker with your eyes glued to the phone and just believing the first three words that you say or that you read, if and you do read anymore, <laughs> right? or sometimes just word of mouth, and then you just kind of set your moral standards aside for the sake of allegiance. It sucks. Uh But yeah, that's what the song is about. (laughs) Here is Superhero by Territories.
I love that. I think the best way to describe uh, territories, as well as uh, many other punk bands who are, you know, gentle in their approach, but loud in their fucking, uh, uh, in their messages, is, you know, that Teddy Roosevelt quote, I speak softly, but I carry a big stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the best way I could describe uh, territories. And yeah, their music is their music is still kicking ass. And yeah, they have more new shit on the way. November third, they're gonna have a new album out called Colder Now. At least I think it's an album. Yes. That, it, yeah, from what I saw, it's an album and it'll be released on Pirates Press. Okay, full fledged LP. Yeah. Fuck yeah, territories. You're keeping up the Well, as you said, they've the been fame. a while since they've released anything, so I'm sure they've been working hard on Putting that together, yeah. I mean, hopefully it all uh, it all amounts to something uh, worth the wait, right? <laughs> I'm hoping. For, I'm I'm rooting for you, territories. We'll see you soon. <laughs> well, we'll hear from you soon. Hopefully, you do come down here. We'll we'll see. We will see. I know it's hard to tour these days. <laughs> nice. All well, right. It's always been hard. What am I saying? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, next up, we are going to play the band City Saints. I love City Saints. City Saints are great, but we're playing them really? for a specific reason this time. <laughs> yeah, we're. I was just thinking, like City Saints. Oh my God, we're basically like uh, uh, to City Saints is what Loudwire is to Corey Taylor, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's just every other article is like Corey Taylor sneezed. It's been a while. Here's what he has to say about it. But we did play a lot at the beginning of the year. Uh, interviews with the, we did two interviews, and that was on episode 300 and 302, which was end of January, beginning of February. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they put out a release then, and then this year they were doing a 10-year re-release of Kicking Ass for the Working Class because it came out in 2013. Band started in 2012. If for some reason you missed those interviews, uh, you can go back and check them out. I just told you what the episodes were and when they were. But the band is, did the 10-year re-release. I think that's been out for a few weeks. And you can go get it the Cortex Record Shop and I'm sure a few other places too. Sunny Bastards Records always has uh, City Saints stuff. So you can also look there. But Stefan reached out to me and said, hey, guess what? We are also putting out for the first time their EP Weekend that came out in 2018. I have it on vinyl, but it hasn't been available for streaming until soon. It's coming up soon. I don't even think it's available yet, but soon the tracks on the EP Weekend will be available for streaming, and that's going to be five years after its release. There's two tracks. One's called Friday, one's called Saturday. Imagine that. Friday, Saturday, EP's called Weekend. Makes sense, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's... That's really cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if for some reason you've missed out, because as Eric said, we've played them a lot. I talk about them a lot. I play them on Punkinoy Worldwide, too. They are from Gothenburg in Sweden. We are going to play one of those two tracks from the EP. And I figured why not play Friday, as Friday is coming sooner. And when you decide you like it, and it should be out very soon, you can go listen to Saturday and then listen to both together because it's weekend. So here we go. Here's City Saints with Friday.
awesome. Yeah, that's it's City Saints, right? We all see why you like him, <laughs> right? I love that they're as they say they're punk and roll, punk rock and roll. They have so many of those great rock and roll elements. Those yeah, old fifties rock and roll. I was, yeah, I was just gonna say it's got that rockabilly beat. Yeah, boom, 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 boom. That type of shit that you could just like uh, do some, uh, you know, like boogie too, like legitimate right. boogie, <laughs> right? It's good stuff. Love City Saints. Weekend is going to be available very soon. I think I checked this morning, and I didn't see it yet, but it should be available streaming very soon. So uh, that was Friday. Be on the lookout for Friday and Saturday on the Weekend EP. Uh, we're going to talk about some live shows here in just a moment. We're kicking off that Halloween season. Uh, Eric will probably be throwing some tracks on here coming up. I threw one on for this week to kick us off. A notorious... Halloween season band Blitzkid. Uh, they've been around since 1997. If you're unfamiliar with them, they're from Bluefield in Virginia. Argyle Goolsby is in that band. And they just released a new single on July 31st of this year. So I figured we'd kick it off playing this track. Might be a little less horror punk themed track than their normal. But like I say, we're kind of kicking it off. It's still September. Eric's yeah. going to get still us some September. proper tracks. It's horror punk by association, if not just for the name attached to it. Yes. So. <laughs> and that's to their typical style. So we're going to kick it off. Uh, again, brand new track that came out just less than two months ago. So here we go. Here is some new Blitz Kid. It is Garbage Man. So 
Oh yeah, I love that piano in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, that's another uh, fun little addition to making it a sort of a rock and roll centered song because right. a lot of rock music have piano in it. Right, and it's very as you were kind of getting out with that last band, uh, City Saints. Uh, more rockabilly like on this one, I guess, than psychobilly mm-hmm. as you would normally get from this time of year. The garbage man, like I said, the theme and the music's not as much there, but as you stated, Eric, yeah. Blitz Kid by association, by typically what you would expect, and most of the rest of their music, it's we're kicking off the Halloween season. Yeah. And also, this would be a bit of a stretch, but, you know, there's always the infamous quote, it's garbage day from Silent Light, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Right. Yeah. Which is a crossover <clears throat> of Halloween going into the Christmas season. And, <clears throat> yeah, people love to celebrate Christmas early this year. Well, the fucking corporate juggernaut loves to celebrate Christmas early. Yeah, that's fucking guys. <laughs> so we're going to celebrate Halloween early. And, yeah, I'm making a fucking stretch of a reference to a well-known cult horror film. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the best that I could do. It's garbage day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are at that point. We have some great cover-to-cover albums coming here in just a moment. But before we do, uh, Eric's going to tell us about some live shows he attended. Then we'll put out you know some live shows that will be coming up that you should out there attend if it's in your neck of the woods yep absolutely and let me tell you about the shows that i had attended i have attended two sort of three but two main shows i gotta talk about let's talk about the one i did uh two weeks ago the one that i was building up in that episode fucking i hate god goat whore cancer christ and last last was the Local opener on that show. Last was the last band to play? No, they were the first. Oh, okay. <laughs> last was the first. Got it. <laughs> but, oh, man, that show. <clears throat> My God. I thought, let me, uh, let me prelude it with this. I got in there, and I'm friends with uh, Chris, the door guy, and he happened, it was a sold-out show, and he let me and my uh, friend in without paying. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, because he's a homie. And also, he's from New Orleans, and he knows the I Hate God and Goat Whore guys, so he was like, yeah, just fucking uh, chill out here. And he he granted some leniency to uh, me. And also, I was like, just get my friend in as well. Eh, Okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) And so... The show is fucking packed. I'm like, okay, I gotta get some serious... uh, drinking going on nice <laughs> so i did i kicked back some beers a couple of shots some people bought me shots and that was really nice and that apparently lubed me up because as i've said multiple times before i sort of reserved 30 seconds of mosh time for myself but dude the last time i moshed this much and this hard at a show my age ended in teen I was in <laughs> I was in that pit the entire show. I nice. shit you not, except for last. They're not really moshable music. As I said at the top of this episode, describing their music, they're like industrial drone type shit. Right. So you don't mosh to that. You just sort of stand there and kind of uh, vibe out. So, yeah. But when Cancer Christ came on, all the way to the last note that I had God played, I was fucking dancing and just going crazy with a beer in hand and just, 
I felt like I was young again. That's awesome. Yeah, but I had a lot of aggression to take out because that week my fucking car broke down. I had to drop 800 bucks on a fucking two gaskets having to get replaced. Damn. Yeah, and just having my car, uh, <laughs> not having my car for two days, having to bum rides from uh, from my dad and just on and off the phone with my mechanic who just was all, who was just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on with it. We thought it was this, we thought it was that. So now we're just weighing all options, playing the field, and hopefully it starts. Oh wow. my. So by the time I got the car on Friday afternoon after work, where I was planning to just go straight from work two aces high so I could get in there, get my drink on, and get settled into the venue before the fucking hordes of people start funneling in. <laughs> but no, I had to get there in the thick of everything. Thankfully, nobody played yet. But, oh, God, whatever. It all worked out, and I was just ready to fucking let loose. And Cancer Christ, my God, it was great to see them again. You know, it wasn't as crazy a show as when they had it. Uh, they were playing in an open air festival. Come on, they could get away with a lot more. So there wasn't like a major blood baptism in the uh, in the middle of the fucking <laughs> the middle of the venue. Though that would have been cool. They were spraying the fucking people, and you know they were coming out ripping out the pages of the Bible. Oh, there was no nun this time, which kind of bummed me out. I was like, nah, Anthony, your wife isn't joining in. Eh, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but their little reptilian beasts, the, you know, the band, right. they were going all over the place. At one point, their guitarist just got up on the bar, on the bar, <laughs> right above the fucking register. It was just rocking out up there. It was fucking crazy. That's and awesome. then I met there after the show, I met um, uh, Sam, the sort of... Uh, uh, the sort of hype man. He's the guy who uh, also dress up like a, you know the reptilian creatures and just goes around the audience and just gets everybody hyped up. And he was only 18. He was only 18 years old in a bar show. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But And I'm not going to say Aces doesn't give a shit, but it's more like as long as he doesn't drink, then he's fine. <laughs> you know. And he did it. Awesome. It's like he knows what's at stake. Right. Yeah. Because uh, you know this is run, but this is a bar run by people who have been there before, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> Don't let the DABC know. Anyway, the anyway was talking to him after the after the show in the parking lot. And he's just a super nice guy, super nice. Uh, he's a kid to me. <laughs> he's a kid. I'm fucking ten years older than that guy. <laughs> yeah, but he was. But he's talking about giving us all the tour stories and how this was one of the best stops and just the. People are awesome, everything like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to talk with Anthony again. He actually recognized me. He's like, yeah, you were at the GBC show. You were playing in the Assy's Foot Band. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, people still come up to me and Landon who are talking about, yeah, that fucking Kool-Aid show that you did. Oh, God, the Kool-Aid. It wasn't even real Kool-Aid. <laughs> but that got us in trouble. Some people thought that we were actually Dosing the kids, not with not not with Comet, not like real Jim Jones. <laughs> no, th we thought that we were like giving out alcohol samples, like shots of Kool Aid, spiked Kool Aid, pretty much, and that wasn't it at all. You know, we yeah, you know, we can't afford that. <laughs> we had to get discount great value flavor aid. It wasn't even called flavor aid. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. how that's how far down the barrel we were scraping, man. <laughs> uh, but that was then. This is now. It was cool to 
yeah, it was cool to uh, be recognized for that, I guess. And yeah, and just uh, and Anthony, super swell dude, all their guitarists, super swell guys. And I finally got myself a Cancer Christ shirt. Cool. And, and my friend got a Cancer Christ patch. Do you know what that was? What? A cross. Okay. Just a cross. <laughs> that uh, doesn't say anything. Just doesn't say anything. It's. Just, I, I guess that counts as a Cancer Christ patch. Just a cross that's that's black, but no logo or okay. anything like that. It's uh, okay. I guess you can paint it on there. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. I mean, they, fucking awesome. Uh, either way, we're. I bought merch from every fucking band. Well, except for except for last, but that's because. One, they have to travel a less amount of distance, and I already bought their tape. Fair enough. Yeah, and, I've, and I have played it, and it's awesome. Last, you guys kick ass. I'm excited for your uh, new album that is so wordy of an album title that I forget what it is. Something about <laughs> sifting through the ashes, finding people's belongings in a, uh, you know, in a fucking no man's land. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, point being, like, uh, yeah, I bought... Bought a shirt from uh, Cancer Christ. I bought a. I brought a. I bought a hat from Goat Whore. I have a Goat Whore hat and a bottle opener. But one thing that really bummed me out, they de- they're not doing the sauce anymore. They're not doing the Goat Whore hot sauce, and I loved uh, that sauce. It's because bad. the company who made it went out of business. Oh shoot! Uh, so I was super bummed. I was talking to their merch guy about that, and he says he himself is actually working on a new sauce, and it's gonna be black. Like, just black sauce. I'm like, all right, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> but for now, I at least have the original bottle of the uh, goat horse sauce, which has recently just been depleted, but it's got the ingredients on the label. So I'm like, okay, we can do this. When you get the new stuff, you can just pour that into the old bottle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Reduce, reuse, recycle, my friends. Right? Uh, yeah. And with I Hate God, I'm like, I already have the take is needed for pain vinyl i already have the take is needed for pain shirt i guess i could use a couple of take is needed for pain stickers and how about a kill your boss flag (laughs) i'm like yeah that thing is awesome so i bought it it's one of the first things i hung up in my new house and it's gonna be right in this little corner of the uh, basement where I'm gonna set up my little home office. Kill your boss, <laughs> nice. and I'm my own boss. So, and so, well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, back to the uh, the performance section of the show. Goat whore was on next. This is my third time seeing goat whore, and. Oh, buddy, they still kick fucking ass. They kicked more ass here because it was an actual heavy metal venue. And there was actually people that showed up because they didn't hate the person putting on the show. Fuck you, Jordan, you <laughs> stupid little cunt. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we were even telling them uh, last time they came through the show that I played with them that when you guys come here, you got to check out Aces High Saloon. We will make sure that you play there next time because it is a heavy metal bar and people will show up to this and people will go fucking nuts for you guys. All right, man, well, we'll come by. <laughs> yeah, they got the thick Nolan's accent. I love it. I love it. It's one of the most enjoyable accents for me to listen to. <laughs> you know, that's just what makes Morgan Freeman's voice all the more sultry. Nice. <laughs> okay. And yeah, it, 
like I said, this show sold out and people went fucking nuts for goat whore. They closed their set with uh, Fucked by Satan and I went right up to, uh, uh, fuck, I forgot the name of the lead singer, at least his first name. His, his whole name is a little lengthy and he's like the third in a generation, the third generation to have that name. Anyway, I got right up to his face on the part right after the solo where everyone's like, fucked by Satan. <laughs> so yeah, me and him, were, he was like face to face, touching foreheads, holding the mic right between us, and we both hit those fucking notes. That was like, ah, yes, I feel the Lord's light coming. Wait a minute, there's something wrong with this. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. It's the satanic equivalent of that. I guess I feel the the Lord Satan's flames gathering. V- my underside. <laughs> so yeah, Goat Horror was fucking awesome. And I, I gotta be honest, I thought like Cancer Christ opening up the show, they're gonna be a hard band to top. But as I said, Cancer Christ had to sort of reserve their stage antics, but you know, no flamethrower or anything like that. Oh, one thing I did forget to mention though, uh, during Cancer Christ set, Anthony and a couple of the guitarists went out of the fucking, not off the stage, not into the crowd, but beyond that, outside the fucking bar, onto the sidewalk, and they were playing to the kids who couldn't get in because they were too young. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, cool. there was that. Well, good oh, for them. Oh, God. And after, the, after the show, we were just I was just chilling on the back patio, drinking beers with uh, some of my friends who were lagging around, and I just heard this. I'm like, what the fuck? This fucking explosion. I'm like... I thought there was a gunshot, but it wasn't. It must have been fireworks. Who the <laughs> fuck is celebrating? You know who it was? It was Anthony and my friend Sky, who is the uh, uh, who is the fiance wife. I don't know. They don't really have a label for this yet. To my drummer Sid. Okay. Yeah, she was hanging out with all the uh, Cancer Christ guys and. She convinced them to go uh, across the street to the Salt Lake Community College, where, you know, where which a lot of the fucking SLCPD hang out and just sort of like scope, you know, they checking do. the speeds of people. Yeah. But for some reason, there weren't any there at that point. Lucky so, them. Boom! They set off the fireworks right there. <laughs> <laughs> Nut jobs, these guys, <laughs> and I love it. Okay. But yeah, I was thinking Cancer Christ is going to be hard to top, but along comes Goat Whore. It's like, well, color me fucking not even surprised, but like, yep, I guess I always knew that Goat Whore would live up to the standards. But what about I Hate God? They are a slower band. But are there other mosh pits going to be brutal? Oh, their mosh pits were probably the most intense one out of any (laughs) set that was played. Maybe it was because I was getting a... A little more inebriated as the show went on, but I was going nuts. I was leaving that. I was leaving that with a scar on my thumb. My thumb. It just like (laughs) grazed this guy's battle jacket, and I guess caught a spike, and I didn't realize that until after the show. So, yeah, you can see it's uh, scabbing up right on the knuckle there. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, on my thumb. And the shirt I was wearing, uh, the yeah, my T-shirt, my Gate Creeper T-shirt. Uh, the sleeve on the right side busted at the seam, so now it's just like a, a little drape over my shoulder. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I either sew that up or turn that shirt into a tank top or just leave it as is and just be, <laughs> hey, yeah, this shirt's got stories, let me tell you. Nice. That's cool. 
But yeah, I would I, have to turn it into a tank top. I don't have sewing skills. Yeah, I have friends who have sewing skills. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, one of which, got to, I, st- I still got to send her a message. Three months ago, I told her, I asked her if she could sew up my pants. And she has yet to do that. <laughs> I'll get back. Please to help me. <laughs> help me. I like my pants. <laughs> I like these pants. <laughs> They're one of the best fitting pants I've ever owned. And they got holes in them. Holes in the right places, I should say. Like, you you know, know. Just on the knees, on the pockets, like the holes that were earned. These aren't pre-cut jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I earned my holes. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm, get, I'm getting off track. But the yeah, I Hate God, the fucking Take Us Needed for Pain album, just played front to back. God damn. And they even got encored. Oh, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what? Why the fuck not? I can't remember what song they played after the encore, but it was... Oh, God, it was a brutal show. It was so brutal. I'm still coming down off of the high on that show. That was like the best, one of the best that I attended this year. That's cool. So, yeah, that was a killer time. Anyway, the show I attended last week, (laughs) (laughs) this this was the show that was sort of the uh, wedding reception of Spencer and Emma, who just got married last weekend. I saw the pictures. Yep. For those of you that don't know, Spencer and Emma are the uh, are two of the three members of NARC, and they have been a couple for a few years. I don't know how long, but for for a long time, for a long time, and they've been engaged for about a year and a half, I want to say, and they just now got married. They had like a little ceremony of sorts in the uh, uh, in the art garden, I believe is. I think that's what it's called. I think so garden. too. I think I remember seeing that. It's where we had a GVC. My friend, uh, uh, my friend Bean Cat actually runs the whole uh, runs that whole area for shows and events. Cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Pictures look cool. Oh yeah, it was awesome. And they wore pretty much the exact same garb when they played their show because <laughs> Narc went over to play this show. It was their reception, like I said, and. Yeah, it was Narc and Rankin Vile and Livid and Bandit and Fuckskin. And my God, every band on that one uh, kicked ass. It wasn't as crazy as the show that I just talked about, but let me tell you, some crazy shit did happen. So, so yeah, Narc, I've seen Narc a million times. They put on a good show, especially watching, uh, watching Emma get so animated and so, like, graphic with her fucking performance, <laughs> at least in her facial features. She gets very menacing. It's amazing to watch sometimes. And, you know, you talk to her, and she's just so, like, soft-spoken, so, like, reserved and everything like that. But, I mean, I've played Narc on this show before. You've heard what she sounds like. It's like, Jesus. Ugh. Then Rankin-Vile plays. And Rankin-Vile, they recognize me from last time. It's like, hey, you're Eric from the, uh, the podcast, right? Yeah, the punk cast. Ah, yeah. Uh, again, thanks for plugging our show. Thanks for showing up. Uh, thanks for buying whatever you want here. <laughs> yeah, super super nice guys, and they played a yeah they played a lot of their fucking songs from their uh, uh, f- from that album, the redistribution of flesh. And they have some new shit coming up. They have a new album coming out in November. They say didn't get the title from them. Don't get don't know the exact release date. Might have been November fifteenth. I could be wrong, but it is November. Okay. So I'm excited for no- more uh, death grind coming our way. Cool. 
Yeah, that was a yeah, that was cool seeing them again. That's my third time seeing them now. Saw them at your mom's house, then I saw them at GBC, and now I've seen them at Beehive. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's where the show was taking place, the Beehive. Now it <laughs> really matters. Anyway, um, yeah, after that was Fuckskin, and Fuckskin, they are they are fun to see live. They have just such a such a weird fucking sound to them. Okay, it's not weird, but <laughs> like a sound that's uh, kind of kind of foreign in the modern musical landscape of Salt Lake hardcore metalcore. No one else is doing that style that they're doing, not at least as far as my knowledge goes. Uh, but Fuckskin is sort of like uh, they're appealing to a broad spectrum of like the uh, the metalcore kids, the hardcore kids, the power violence kids, the grind kids, the few that are left. <laughs> but so yeah, they're covering all fields. Oh, and the emo kids. And they're and they're I mean kids. A lot of kids who I see showing up at fuckskin shows are they look like they are still in or just got out of high school. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I told you about that uh, parking lot show. Uh, if you guys remember that the the parking lot show, it was like this kid's uh, birthday, and fuckskin was like uh, you know Kale was putting that shit all together. Uh, Kale and Hunter, uh, Tempura Supply Kid. Yeah, they were putting that show together for uh, their friend's birthday. Got like nine, eight or nine bands all on that bill, and they had it in the woods. Got flushed out by the fucking park ranger, or not a park ranger, but you know those guys. And then they had to move it to the parking lot of downtown music. And <laughs> again, it was all these fucking kids, and maybe their parents were just showing up. So nice. Yeah, that's the that's the crowd that fuckskin appeals to. I'm like, all right, good for you. Wish we could appeal to more youth. Actually, uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. I'm happy about it because the youth, they go off, man. They go fucking crazy. I keep telling them, like, uh, hey, you guys are literally half of all of our ages, and you're still on your parents' health insurance, so go fucking nuts. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, moving on to the show there. Uh, Livid was fucking awesome. This two-piece grind band who just have such a uh, – so much – oomph to the so much oomph to them and you know i had listened to live it but hadn't seen them live i didn't know they were a two-piece so i was like oh these guys know well they got it going on i'm excited <laughs> so yeah people went crazy for that one but i think the band that had like the craziest uh reactions from the crowd was bandit and bandit is a uh, three-piece band or were they a three-piece no, a four-piece, my bad, four-piece band. They are a, yeah, you can say power violence, sort of a grindcore, hardcore type shit. Cool. All the way out from Pennsylvania. And do they fucking go crazy. Their singer, he was out in the fucking audience most of the show, just like bumping into people, slamming into people. He was crawling on the floor and just like screaming while he was rolling. And, oh, yeah, my friend, my best friend Landon, he was there taking photos of the band, and their singer was uh, out there, and he was hardcore dancing, and Landon was kind of in the way, and he caught a fist right to the nose. Jeez. And he was like gushing, and yeah, he broke it. <laughs> broke wow. it. It's now a nice little C shape. <laughs> oh. I'm like, hey, Landon, welcome to the club, bud. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little late to the party. My first show ever, my first mosh pit show ever, I got my nose busted from a chick jumping on me. 
Yeah, this fat shit got up on stage and stage dived and landed right on top of my fucking face. I remember the story. <laughs> yep. It's <laughs> just for the people that haven't heard it before. I'll go into it another time. <laughs> but that's basically what happens. And that was way back in 2009. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, almost a decade and a half later, what does it feel like? <laughs> and his, yeah, he was going, it was going down it was not stopping it like got on his fucking camera lens and he looked at the photos that he took after the fact and it's like this blood-stained tint <laughs> that was on the lens wow. and in turn like made the photos look more brutal so i'm like hey it was meant to be that's a cool fucking story that's Sounds the story like, yeah. behind these photos. Like, how did you achieve that? Oh, I just got punched in the nose and bled on my camera. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that in Photoshop. Right? Let if anybody me. hasn't thought of that yet, just yeah. uh, put your own blood over the camera lens before exactly. you take your pictures. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> That's your signature now, bud. Okay. <laughs> I'll just give you a little punch in the nose. There you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, other photographers are trying to emulate his style. If you've seen Landon's photos, he, like, takes a photo of the band. It's got that little light swirl around it. It's like, right. yeah, he does that. He discovered that on accident where it's like he takes the picture, and after the flash goes off, he just tilts it really quickly. Oh. And it creates that effect. So now that these other photographers have been coming in, they figured that out, and now they're trying to, like, you know, now they're copying him. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's kind of pissed about it. <laughs> Isn't uh, something, what is it, copying people? Imitation. Form? Imitation, there you go. It's the sincerest form of flattery. See, there you go. Yep. But it's also the sincerest <laughs> form of depth. Yeah. <laughs> depth? I mean theft. God damn, that was Theft dumb. makes more sense. You yeah. know what I meant to say, uh, I hope. Uh, but yeah, Bandit. And then the Bandit fucking kicked ass. Next day, you know, that being Sunday... I was uh, at my practice space at Downtown Music, and me and our new bassist, Will Schuler, the singer for Skullfuck, he's now our bassist. Cool. So, yeah, there's the announcement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and him were chilling out. Then uh, Landon calls me up saying, what are you doing? Hey, I'm chilling over at uh, DTM with Will. How about you come by and we make an Assy's Foot album? All right, I'm there. So, so we did. And then we're like, okay, we got a good album out. Let's celebrate. Let's go over to Proper next door, get a burger and some beers. All right, let's do that. And we did that, hung out for a little bit, come outside, about to head back to uh, the practice space, and there are the guys from Bandit who just showed up randomly. It's like, whoa, what the fuck? Well, we were looking up uh, vegan restaurants around here, and Proper Burger came up because they have vegan burgers. Right. Yeah, because I don't know if the rest of the band is, but the guitarist definitely is vegan. So, so yeah, we hung out there, and the singer was like, I'm really sorry about your nose, man. Oh, it's all good. It, it happens. You know? <laughs> Makes for a funny story. Uh, so yeah, they were just uh, hanging around before they had to catch a flight back to Philly. So it was, a, yeah, it was, an, it was an experience. So, Landon, I hope your nose is doing okay. I know it's doing okay. I saw you last night. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. As if you have enough injury stories. <laughs> well, between me and him, we got some we got some funny injury stories with his shoulder, my back, my nose, his <laughs> his fucking nose now, and of course my skull. <laughs> right, that well, one. Okay, not the skull, but the uh, you know the thing inside of it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, those were my uh, little uh, live show excursions this uh, past week, and uh, this uh, upcoming week, 
boy, oh boy, oh boy, am I going to have a fun time at Slap Fucking Shot, man. Oh, that's right? going to be gnarly. Oh, I did kind of see a third show, though. Uh, this, was, uh, uh, this was down at the Gateway. It was the Italian Fest, Italy Festival. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, and yeah, we kind of, uh, I kind of discovered that by accident. I didn't know what was going on. But we were down at the Gateway at uh, Tucano's Grill for my dad's birthday. He loves the Brazilian grill. You know, they come over and bring all the food on shish kebabs, and you pull it out and eat it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so me, him, and my sister uh, took him down there. It was for his birthday, and and we had stuffed ourselves stupid, <laughs> as we <laughs> usually do. And then we're like, okay, let's walk around the gateway just to sort of uh, uh, work off uh, those calories. And yeah, the Italian festival happened to be going on. So we walked around there for a little bit. There was a lot of food trucks for a, a lot of uh, delicious-looking food and uh, some gelato as well. But we had just uh, gorged ourselves with Brazilian food, so we couldn't partake. <laughs> but there was a band playing live. It was uh, uh, it was just like a band of hired guns, but they were advertised as uh, Musica de Respostilio. Uh, res, okay. Yeah, Musica de Respostilio. So it's like music of the past. Uh, playing a lot of uh, Italian folk songs and just, uh, you know, just that... Uh, you know, that little mafioso-sounding uh, music. The music that you hear in The Godfather, pretty much. And it's just enough to get the crowd moving and dancing, and it's it's a fun time. So, yeah, I saw that. Cool. <laughs> yeah, didn't hang around the Italian Fest uh, too much, but for the time we were there, it was nice. Sounds good. All right, so now that's all the live music experiences I had this last week. It was a few. Yeah, it was a few. For this uh, upcoming week... We got a few, uh, yeah, we got a few to talk about. As I said, Aces High, their third anniversary show, which will include Slapshot, Sheer Terror, Skullcrack, and uh, one other band. I can't remember their fucking name. I can't remember their name. Uh, I posted about it, but that's going to be at Aces High. Of course it will be. It's going to be, well, $30 and $35 day of, but you probably don't have to worry about that last one because today... Someone posted there was one ticket left. <laughs> one ticket left. So if it's not gone, <laughs> you still have time, I guess. But Or just show up early. Right. Like real early. Get yourself a few beers and just, you know, don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when, you sh- but when you show up, I'm telling you, show up early. But the show's expected to start at 8 p.m. On the 30th, Threer is going to have their EP release show to Love and Love Alone. They're going to be doing that at Black Lung with Run Into the Sun, Swarmer, and P.S. Destroy This. Going to be $10, and it starts at 7 p.m. Which, by the way, Black Lung, uh, for those of you who haven't heard, is shutting down. Oh. Yeah, they got the rent raised on them, and they can't pay it anymore. So That sucks. Yeah, I think that I think that's what happened. I, I don't know the details of it, but the point is, they have to be out by the end of October. So they have a few more shows going up in there. And, I mean, it sucks, but at the same time, I'm like, Black Lung was kind of a, uh, a no, 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 not shady, kind of shoddy venue. Okay. Because it was a venue with a lot of headspace and, in turn, a lot of reverb. You uh. got shit sound when you were in there. It was just like, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. But the shows were fun. Uh, depending on which show you would go to, it was fun to be there. It was fun to play there. 
I think I played there, yeah, twice. Once with Apathetics, one with uh, Anonymous. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you're looking to book shows, uh, Black Lung has limited availability. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. At least help that venue end with, uh, end with a bang. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, go to that show if you want. <laughs> anyway, on the first, this is another show that I've been looking forward to all fucking year. The return of Death Clock, man. The Baby Clock Tour. <laughs> Death Clock with Baby Metal over at the complex. I've had my ticket saved in a fucking file on my phone, and I've been checking it to make sure it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> I have the QR code saved as a JPEG on my phone. <laughs> I gotta make sure that I fucking see Death Clock. It's been 10 years. It's been 11 years, actually. Last time I saw them was December of 2012, and that was the last iteration of Death Clock before they went on that extensive hiatus. <laughs> All of Metalocalypse went on that extensive hiatus, and I just bought the movie. I just bought the movie. And I am going to get my friends together who I have the closest relations with in terms of our fandom for Death Clock and Metalocalypse. And we're going to watch that shit and we're going to enjoy ourselves. And I'm going to celebrate by seeing those motherfuckers live. And another show that I'm looking forward to on the third is Stick to Your Guns with Comeback Kid and Orthodox and Spirit World. I'm like, all four of those bands are fucking amazing and I've never seen Comeback Kid before. I've been listening to them since I was 14, and I've never seen them before. I'm ready to fucking get up and just grab fucking the, <laughs> the microphone from Scott and go, We said, we said, we said, this time was going to be different. Wake up the dead. It's going to be at Kilby Court, too. That is a small, small, small venue, and it's sold out. So, oh, this is going to be gnarly. <laughs> uh, but stick to your guns. The main reason why this tour is happening, they're celebrating 10 years of having released their seminal album, Diamond. That is the one that like won over so many hardcore kids. Because, I mean, Hope Division, great record. I love that record front to back. Diamond, also great. But I'm just hoping to go there and hear them play Who Dares Wins live from Spectre. Because that one goes hard. I want to fucking get ignorant during that one. <laughs> Maybe go in the pit wearing a helmet. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, sold out. But, hey, if you want to sneak in, show starts at 6 p.m. <laughs> Kilby Court is very easy to sneak into. I'm just going to say. All you have to do is carry an amp. <laughs> Anyway, um, if you're not going to that, on the 3rd, another show is happening over at Aces. Avskum with Resilient Culture and All Systems Fail and NARC. And that is going to be $15, or if you're paying at the door, going to be $20. Starts at 8 p.m. Yeah. Oh, wait, is that the 3rd or the 4th? I have the show on here twice. What the fuck? In different days. <laughs> okay, it's well. It's one of those days. It's one of those days. 3rd or 4th. Same band, same place, same fucking time, same fucking price. And anyway, on the 6th, couple of shows. The Chats are coming back with Cosmic Psychos, Phonosonics, and Gym Shorts. That'll be at the Complex. It's going to be $25, well, $37, including fees, and it starts at uh, 6 p.m. I, however, won't be at that show. I am bummed. I love The Chats. I love seeing them live. At least the last time I saw them live was fucking amazing. They upstaged the Bronx, which I didn't even think was possible. <laughs> But they did. That's cool. 
But anyway, you must be thinking, why? Why, oh, why, Eric, are you not going to see the chat again? Well, guy, let me tell you why. <laughs> I am playing a show that night at Loathing Clothing with my friends in Skullfuck, Captain Daniels and the Sunnybrook Stailers, and Boss's Daughter. Oh, Boss's Daughter, will you ever stop touring for the love of God? God, this is the third time I booked you in the last year. Give us a rest, man. It's becoming, it's gotten very difficult to latch down a venue. Seriously, every venue was taken on the fucking sixth of October. Uh, but yeah, Loathing Clothing. My friend David runs that shit, and he's a uh, uh, yeah, he's an old school uh, punker. He's got fucking, uh, he's got two bands that he's in, the Ulteriors, and uh. uh Fuck, I almost made the same mistake. It's not the Reds. DeBasers. DeBasers. That's the other band that he's in. And, and yeah, he gets around. He's got a clothing shop, loathing clothing. He builds a stage up inside of it for when bands want to play. And, and yeah, people love it. Awesome. <laughs> Hopefully this show's going to be fucking badass because the last one was a, a rather sparse turnout. And, again, Boss's Daughter, if you want to build your hype, don't play the same city so many times in one year. <laughs> Otherwise, no, no matter how big of a band you are, if you keep coming back to this to the same city, people are going to lose interest. They're always going to they're going to develop that mindset with, "Uh, eh, I'll see him next time. It's no big deal." True. Yeah. And yeah, you're making me miss the chats for the love of God. You better make this worth it. <laughs> okay, it's it's okay. All right, I'm going to go up to the uh go up to the 7th just because Motionless and White, Knock Loose, After the Burial, and Alpha Wolf, all playing at the Saltaire. That's going to be uh, $45 plus them fees, so you can probably play, pay closer to $60. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sad world. <laughs> <laughs> but you're seeing some uh, pretty fucking cool bands. I was not a fan of Motionless and White, but I like Knock Loose. But I won't be at that show. I'll be at Cannibal Corpse with Mayhem and Gorguts at the <laughs> Depot. Oh, I am ready to fucking bang my head. I just bought my ticket a couple of days ago. It was after all the fees, fucking $50. Jeez. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but it's Cannibal Corpse, baby. <laughs> I just got to. And I've never seen Mayhem before. I got to see Mayhem at least once, I feel. Yeah, I've heard mixed things about their shows. They're not as crazy as they were back in the 90s, you know, throwing the, uh, the fucking inyards of animals into the crowd, <laughs> stabbing uh, goats on stage. Or maybe not goats, but rather their heads. Okay. The heads of goats and doing sacrifices and shit. Is that real blood or is it fake blood? I don't know. You're going to have to taste it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've heard recently Mayhem is just kind of boring live. Okay. I'm like, wow, a huge fucking turnaround, I guess. So. Uh, Whatever, or rather the show's just not exciting because the black metal kids just kind of stand there, just bob their heads. It's like, you're more boring than goth kids. <laughs> goth kids at least move around. They just do that little sort of rubber arms and just sort of go back and forth like that. Yeah, I, I can't explain it into words. You just have to see it. Look up <laughs> goth dancing on the YouTube. You've got... Y'all are fucking adults with thumbs and know how to fucking put words onto a screen. You can, you know what a search bar is. Look at that shit. Anyway, Cannibal Corpse is the reason I'm going, always. Mayhem is just kind of like a bonus on top of that. <sighs> okay, 
Those are all the shows that I have to plug. Uh, Dustin, it's your turn. <laughs> all right, I'm going to spit out a few real quick so we can get back to some music. Uh, Murphy's Law is doing a tour with the Rum Jacks, the Barstool Preachers, and Grade 2. It starts tonight in Pittsburgh, and then on the 28th in Philly, Richmond on the 29th, Virginia Beach on the 30th, on the 1st will be Washington, D.C., Memphis on the 3rd, Louisville on the 5th, Chicago on the 6th, uh, it looks like Murphy's Law and Grade 2 are not playing the Chicago show. Uh, Cleveland on the 7th. Hamtramck, Michigan. Hamtramck? Hamtramck uh, on the 8th. And then Toronto, Ontario. So they're going up into Canada from the 10th through the 13th. They'll be in uh, London, Kitchener, and Montreal as well. Wrapping up in Boston and Brooklyn for a couple shows. So... Get out there and see those bands, because every one of those bands are awesome. Uh, Sheer Terror, Skull Crack, and Slapshot are doing their West Coast tour. Eric mentioned the Salt Lake City show. Uh, tomorrow, the 28th, they're in Boise. Tonight, they're in Portland. On the 30th, they'll move to Cheyenne in Wyoming. So that's awesome for Cheyenne. They get to see them. Denver on the 1st, on the 2nd, Albuquerque, 3rd, Phoenix. And on the 4th, they'll be in San Diego. So... Uh, pretty good West Coast tour there. Uh, Common Turn, I don't know why this one is still here. This one is come and gone. Uh, sorry. Next up, Soap Babies. Got to talk about Soap Babies doing their shows uh, on the 29th in Wallingford, Connecticut, Cherry Street Station, and then at Sammy's Patio in Boston on the 30th. That is this weekend. Uh, those are our pals in Soap Babies doing and. Waste uh, Weekender in the East Coast. There we go. Executors on the 14th. That will be coming up with Intimidation and Thought Control. That's New, uh, New Brunswick and New Jersey. We'll talk more about that as we get a little closer. Uh, the 23rd was last weekend, so got to remove that one. Uh, bricks and Mortar, our pals in Bricks and Mortar. Doing an interview with them again in a couple weeks. They are in the middle of their tour They've done their Hawaii portion of their tour. They'll be in Japan for the 28th, 29th, 30th, and 1st. Uh, that'll be in Shinjuku City, Suginami City, Chofu, Tokyo, and Nakano City in that order on those dates. So It sounds like it says uh, knocking out city. Knocking out. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, is boxing rather uh, big there? <laughs> knocking out city? <laughs> Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe our pals in Bricks and Mortar will have to ask them when we get to see them next. Or yeah. talk. To, we, we will see them. Everybody else is going to just hear them, sorry. But we are going to see them. KOC. Or, <laughs> no, 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 no. That, I got that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had it right. KOC, Knockout City. There you go. Yeah, TKO. <laughs> wow it just writes itself does it <laughs> yep uh all right show coming up in milwaukee la fiesta flias fiesta our pal johnny his band bad assets will be playing on the 15th on the 14th uh hunting lions get rad zor fast plant splatter pattern death in custody murder generation and then on the 15th you'll get to see oxblood assault and battery fear city court street scrappers severed bad assets Old Salt and Shitbag. 
Uh, we've mentioned that a couple more times. You definitely should go check that out if you're going to be anywhere near Milwaukee. Got a couple more here to mention. Uh, October 13th, Friday the 13th, Beton Army, Home Front, Alien Boys, Dat, uh, what is that? I can't even read what that is. There's like a scorpion, D-A, scorpion, A-T. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be a letter or if it's just D-A-A-T. Anyway, the Enforcers and Sister Susie with Still Depths. Uh, this is going to be in at Palomino Smokehouse, which is in Calgary. So you can go see some pretty cool bands there. Scorpion. The, that Scorpion. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, next one, September 30th. I think this is in New York as Lucy and Malavista are both New York bands. It's at TVI. Uh, you get to see the kids coming from Belgium. So uh, go check that one out if you are in New I think it's New York. It's $25, 7 o'clock show. Uh, then on September 30th in Newark, New Jersey, you can go see Defiance, Cinderblock, Battalion Zoska, and the Mad Mulligans. It's 21 and older show. If you get your tickets online, it's 15 bucks or 20 at the door. Door or, uh, The doors are at 9 o'clock, so make sure you get there. All awesome bands on that one. So September 30th, if you're in Newark, that is exactly what you should be doing. Uh, the lineup for the Cherry Street Station show for the Soap Babies will also feature the Parasitics, who I think are doing both shows with them. And then the Abductors, our friends, they're fantastic. And then Productive Member, 8 p.m., 21 and older, $10, cash only, but there is an ATM on site, so uh, go check out that show if you're in Wallingford. Then also on September 30th, I got two more shows to mention. This one, uh, it's Punk and Hardcore no Night, featuring Spoiler NYC, what a cool band. I like that band a lot. Yeah. Uh, which features Alan Robert of Life of Agony. Then The Take, The Ice Cold Killers, Incendiary Device, and Delinquency Overload it is at Dingbats. I think this is, well, it's Clifton, New Jersey. There you go. $15 in advance, $20 at the door. All ages show, but 21 and older to drink. So they're offering the best of both worlds there. Uh, go check out Spoiler NYC, The Take, Ice Cold Killers. That is going to be a killer lineup, pun intended. And finally, uh, Revolution Fest 8. It is going to be October 6th, October 7th, and October 8th. And it is in Montreal. And you are going to get to see a lot of really cool bands. Uh, it's $20 on the 6th, $20 on the 7th, and 10 on the 8th. Uh, Union Thugs will be playing on the 8th. Rancor, Street Code are playing on uh, the 7th. And uh, Nothing Left, Disruptive, a lot of cool bands will be there on the 6th as well. But you can go over to Rancor, Cold Oi, if you want to get more details as to that show. Enough of the talking. Let's get to the music. Eric, let's get into your album. What album are you picking for the show? I'm talking about Boston Hardcore Heavyweights, the fucking flagship band for hockey hardcore. I'm talking about Slap Shot, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel, I feel like I have to do that every time I talk about Boston Hardcore. Nice. You know, I can't even say it by regular accent. I have to do it that way. <laughs> anyway, yeah, fucking Slap Shot. They're coming here in 
to Salt Lake City for the first time in maybe 20, 25 years. I don't know. The It's been a while. It's been a while. Every time I've uh Every time I mention Slapshot in the old hardcore community, they're always like, oh, yeah, God, let me tell you. <laughs> and it's always about shows that happened before the year 2000. So, uh, so yeah, we know how Salt Lake's straight edge was b- before the year 2000. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're not going to get into that. We're going to talk about Slapshot. They're one of the centripetal forces repping not just Boston, but East Coast hardcore in general. And the thing about Boston is they're famous for three things. The Red Sox, drinking, and hockey. (laughs) And since the boys were uh, straight edge and were also hockey players themselves, some of them, at least uh, Choke was, it made sense that they channel that same energy from one of the most inadvertently violent sports into the most aggressive, violent-by-design music at the time. (laughs) So they named themselves after the move in hockey where you make a goal from the center of the rink, structured their name in varsity lettering, and included sound clips from, of quotes from hockey-based sports movies in their albums, one of which is from the movie Slapshot, which opens up their album Whole Time Hard, Old Time Hardcore, which itself is a reference to the phrase Old Time Hockey. <laughs> Even their logo is a fucking goalie mask. Right? <laughs> yeah. So the only thing that is that they're doing that doesn't involve the sport itself was their music. (laughs) I've scoured Slapshot's discography. Not one song is about hockey. (laughs) But no, they're a hardcore band. They're one of those bands that actually bridged the gap between hardcore kids and skinheads, as their music was palatable to both sides. When I first heard of Slapshot, I thought that Slapshot was just such a hard name. Even my friend uh, uh, Destiny was saying we, we didn't know what the Slapshot was. We thought it was like a street move. Like you slap somebody, then you shoot them. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Slapshot. <laughs> but no, then I learned that it's the, you know, the hockey move. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I heard of Slapshot. You know, I heard about their shows and how violent they could be and just the the aggro that surrounded every member of that band. Um, so I thought that they were going to be a hardcore on par with like terror or hate breed and just like that super macho tough guy hardcore. But then I listened to them. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. These guys sound closer to uh, uh, to like the skinhead bands or like the old school hardcore bands. It's like, yeah, some of this actually sounds like it could be from a, a UK subs album or a stiff little fingers album. In fact, there's one song they have that's like uh, Johnny Was. It sounds like a fucking skinhead song, and I looked up to see if it was a cover. And Stiff Little Fingers actually has a song called Johnny Was, but it's not the same. <laughs> Johnny was a good boy. <laughs> and, yeah, they're singing that in a, in a Slapshot song. I don't think it's a, a cover, but I don't know. You could. Uh, it's not a cover. It's different lyrics and everything, but it... Could have been very well inspired by Stiff Little Fingers. Right. You know, so that you got the song Hang Up Your Boots. Yeah, the boots. They got them. <laughs> They're not saying Hang Up Your Skates. That would have been... <laughs> God, that would have been cool. Right. Hang Up Your Capes. Uh, yeah, like I, like I said, they felt like more, feel more like oi anthems. And Choke himself even has his little skinhead sky, side project, Stars and Stripes. They don't really play shows that much. <laughs> I've seen them. Yep. He's seen them. They (laughs) exist. They're not that active, but they're still out there. That's true. They have music that is released. 
<laughs> well, their last album was only released in Europe. It's not digital. I think you can find it and listen to it on YouTube, but all the vinyl is only released in Europe. I haven't found a single, even a used copy for sale on Discogs <laughs> in the United States. They're all like in Spain and uh, other places in Europe. And at the show that I saw them play in 2018, they were talking about the, uh, the label that they released it on was releasing it there. And this is in 2018. I think that album came out in like 15 or 16. And they're like, yeah, we have no idea if or when it's coming. It still isn't. It still is not. <laughs> Lucky you in Europe. Yeah, kind of ironic that a band that's named Stars and Stripes after the American flag, you know, right. doesn't have that album released in, the, in, right. the, in their country. Right. Oh, man, that's hilarious. There are, no, there are just stars on the European Union flag. No stripes, just <laughs> stars. So you got half of the market, I suppose. Right. Yeah, get your shit together, the label. <laughs> anyway, uh, also throughout their discography, what I've noticed is they've revived a, a lot of other songs, like cover songs anyway, some of which are actually from uh, you know, Choke's old band, Negative Effects. The song Might Makes Right is uh, on one of their albums. I think it's on the I think it's on the Back on the Map EP. Okay. I can't remember. Uh, but it is, it is on there, and they do play it live. And they've even covered Get It Away by SSD Control. But then they have more off-the-cuff covers, like Big Mouth Strikes, Strikes Again by The Smiths. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. You know, and I get, didn't even realize it was a cover song. I just saw Big Mouth Strikes Again. That sounds familiar. And yeah, it's actually a cover of that Smith song. They just do it in their own way. Wow. You wouldn't notice. And then they have more bizarre covers like White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Yes, I played that one. Yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> and then Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode. That's got to be one of the most commonly covered songs. Because, I mean, Manson did it, Johnny Cash did it, and... Uh, Apparently, Slapshot did it as well, so <laughs> good on you. And probably the funniest one is at the end of Back on the Map, they cover the theme to Gilligan's Island. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, I thought this band was going to be hard as fuck. <laughs> well, musically hard as fuck, but they're doing covers like this. It's really strange. I mean, it's awesome, but it's really strange. I did not <laughs> expect that. So, yeah, they got, a, they got some uh, humor about them. Anyway, let's get on to the album I wanted to talk about, 16 Valve Hate, which was their fifth album released in 1995, and it had Mike Bowser on guitar, Chris Loria on bass, and their original drummer, Mark McKay, after briefly departing in 1992. Now, these guys have had a revolving door of bandmates throughout the years. Choke is the only original member left. The only original member after 30 years of being a band. Wow. Yeah, they've had countless. Like, I looked on their Wikipedia page and the list of former members, it was like, it was a mile long. I'm like, who the fuck? Uh, who's even in the band anymore? Apparently, Choke is still the, he's still the face and the, uh, the captain of Slapshot, the team captain. <laughs> <laughs> so good on him. And anyway, I bring up these, uh, these particular members as these are the only members of Slapshot who have left the band and returned in separate intervals. And this proved to be formidable, a formidable lineup as it is, as this is the one that brought forth not just this album, that's a classic in and of itself, but also the old time hardcore EP that followed afterwards. And everyone remembers old time hardcore. Right. <laughs> old time hardcore. Old time hardcore. Yeah. 
Now, 16-Valve Hate has its fair share of classics, much like the title track, Secrets, The Truth Hurts, How Much Can I Take, and I Knew I'd Lose. But probably the biggest hit is Watch Me Bleed, the song that opens up the album. And that song is rather off-key for the bands in terms of lyrical subjects, because this song is about it's being more forthright with its uh, men- with mental insecurities and how they negatively affect him. Choke. He's singing about this, and it's it's strange to hear him. You know, Choke. This guy who holds a disposition of a hardcore tough guy being so transparent and showing such vulnerability. But don't worry, though. The song still goes nuts. Let's do it. it still goes hard yeah (laughs) and yeah kind of an underlying uh theme is uh uh, you know the opening lyrics never been fucked up before it sort of alludes to the sort of uh downside okay i guess yeah the we'll say the downside to being straight edge because you can't drown out your emotions with alcohol and drugs (laughs) so you're sober you gotta feel it all right uh so yeah that's uh yeah, that slap shot being a little bit more uh, soul-bearing, if you were. But <laughs> not too much. Not too much. They still got to say that's like, yeah, I feel terrible. And I'm fucking pissed off about it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, let's get back to, uh, you know, the song that's a bit more on par with Slapshot's expected aggressive trajectory. Because this one feels like a hockey puck to the fucking nuts. This is desensitized. <laughs> and... 
if you haven't read the lyrics to Desensitize, it's a it's pretty gruesome. It paints a picture of obscenely, uh, obscenely, obscenely graphic acts of violence and injustice that's affl- inflicted upon people, and that in the end, no one really gives a shit. And I feel that this statement is even more profound now than it was when it was written back in uh, yeah back in 1995. I mean, think about it. With all the info being spread like wildfire these days, people are either people either shrug it off in a sort of a consecutive, uh huh, or they get hyper fixated on the info and sport this thinly veiled visage of concern, only to forget about it the next day. Right? There's always going to be another problem, and we're always going to accept it. It's like, yeah. So yeah. No matter how uh, fucked up things get, I mean, I remember when, I remember when the CIA officially said, "Yeah, UFOs exist," and everyone's like, "Yeah, we know." Right. <laughs> it's we live in a world where of people where everybody's already seen it. Right. And everyone's more aware that everyone's already seen it. So why should we care? Yeah, we just kind of become desensitized that way. So, uh, so yeah, here's the song about it. And oh my god, it's. It's brutal in more ways than one. desensitized yeah <laughs> uh, yeah these are two songs i hope they play i hope they play live i mean i hope they play a lot of songs i hope that they play soft i hope they play never trust a junkie 
<laughs> I hope they play. I hope they play. Uh, God, fuck! What was the damn song? <laughs> the one that opens up their fucking self-titled one? I told you so. Yeah, that one. I hope they play that one. I mean, I'm just excited to see Slapshot again, but also a bit uh, <laughs> concerned because I saw <laughs> Slapshot before, and buddy, it was one of the most violent shows I've ever been to. And yeah, you're gonna have a bunch of uh, crazy straight edge kids and a bunch of uh, drunken skinheads all in the same all in the same venue, a, a rather small venue at that too. Yeah, and Skullcrack, you're gonna that's gonna bring out all the thrashers. <laughs> oh, I, oh, this is gonna get interesting. <laughs> So, yeah, that's why I'm getting there early. I got to see the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> the pre-fight. It's like it's like I went to a fucking uh, boxing match and a hardcore show broke out. <laughs> Excited to see Slapshot. Excited to see Sheer Terror. I haven't seen them, like, at all. I haven't listened to much uh, Sheer Terror. All I know is that I like them. And Paul Bear looks how he sounds. <laughs> He's like an anthropomorphic bulldog <laughs> when I look at him. And the bulldog appears on more than one of their album covers, particularly the ugly and proud one. So it's like, Paul Bear, yeah, we know who you are. You know what you look like, and you obviously don't give a shit. So you're one of the ugliest skinheads I've ever seen. <laughs> and that's saying something. Okay, so I've gone on and on and on and on about fucking Slapshot. You've got another band to talk about, Dustin. I assume that it's good. <laughs> it is. It's good. we got to get to it. got to get to wrapping up the show here soon. Uh, the band is Clover's Curfew. We did an interview with them on episode 253, if you want to go back and check it out if you haven't already, or if you want to go listen to it again. That was March of 2022. Uh, we had Jameson and Danny on. They actually did a tour that we've talked about over the last several episodes, and they were here in Salt Lake in July. I got to go see them. Very cool. Uh, they are just wrapping that up and making their way back home to Long Island in New York. But they just released Sail Away, their newest full length that came out September 22nd. This past Friday, they reached out like, hey, would you mind checking it out? I was like, cool, I definitely want to. I'm planning on it. And I listened to it, and it's awesome. They are folk punk if for some reason you don't know who they are or forgot or whatever. And they do have a lot of other tracks besides this you can go check out. Uh, they are on Spotify, and they are definitely hoping that people get out and check them out. It's on Bandcamp, so you can definitely go support them in that way, too. Go buy it on Bandcamp. But uh, for bands out there, you know, go check them out on Spotify. Listen to the music. Even though it's fractions of pennies, people are listening to it, and it is a good way to gauge who's listening and how many people are listening. Plus, on this particular album, like I said, they are folk punk. The first three tracks, four tracks maybe, are definitely folk punk tracks. You hear it, and it's definitely true to their music. But they actually have some stuff on here that I was listening to that I thought, holy shit, this is like, this. some of these tracks, and I'm going to play some of those tracks, but some of these tracks are like tracks that I would imagine hearing on the Cranberries, like greatest hits. And if you're into that band or not, whatever. Uh, they are a great band that has been around and people listen to and have been influenced by. Yes, some of those tracks. And you'll know what I mean when we get to some of those tracks here. Uh, but also, there's even one that if we have time before the show ends, I'm going to play that's almost, it's almost country. And I think it could be a hit track on a country. And so that's why I'm going to go back to say, on Spotify, if you play these and people will start to... It, It'll catch attention, and it'll catch attention on more than just folks like us that are listening to punk music, because 
Not that all of the music that we enjoy, we listen to it, we enjoy it for the reasons we enjoy it, but a lot of that music is not going to transcend past the punk scene and the punks that listen to it. There are people in our scene, people like us, people that make that music that have those capabilities. And whether you like Green Day and some of these other fucking bands that, or not, they are those people, but there's also other music. So without me talking more, let's listen to one of those songs. Uh, on their songs going back and forth, like Sail Away, the title track is the first track. Jameson sings. It's a great way to kick it off. I like it. But I wanted to play this other one that he does the majority of the singing called The Love Song. I think it has a great message in it for people in general. So here goes. It's track number nine, The Love Song. Here's Clover's Curfew. <laughs>
I choose to love. Yeah, you know, it fits the it fits with the standards of people who have managed to transcend this uh, subgenre into punk rock, like X and Social D. Right. The more twangy side of things. <laughs> right, and I, I think that they do have a couple tracks that are just maybe more that popular folk as opposed to what might just be folk, folk punk. You know, whatever Cranberries were, I mean, they were alternative, but they kind of had... They were an Irish band, so they kind of had some of those other elements as well. And the band here also on this track, the later parts in some of these other, in the album anyway, have even some of those country elements to it. Like there, there was a little bit even going on there. I mean, Jameson, I don't know if, you know, I don't listen to a lot of country music. I don't picture his voice being a country <laughs> singer's voice. But the music, for sure, uh, that's what uh, a thing that I can definitely appreciate about it. You, you know, still having that punk to it is mm-hmm. is kind of his raspy vocals that, that go along, which I really like. Yeah, and a lot of uh, country music, it's uh, you know, the vocals are clean, kind of more uh, sultry. Not even really sultry, but smooth. Right. You know, you don't get a lot of uh, raspiness in there. Even in some of the uh, more, uh, you know, burly bearded uh, country singers, <laughs> they're still holding a nice uh, melody in there. Like you think of Johnny Paycheck, you think of Merle Haggard. They got, you know, they look like they'd just be rough and gruff on there. I think the only one that managed to make it work was Hank the Third, and he's alternative country at best. <laughs> right. Yeah, we know that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's. Yeah, he's country music for the punks. <laughs> and there is some of it out there. And that's why when I'm saying these things, I, I truly believe like there, there's something here. Uh, they, if they're, some of these tracks made it to the right places, you know, I, I don't know how easy it is to get your music played in, you know, radio channels and so forth where I guess people are still maybe consuming music. I don't know. I don't do that. But I think that this could be... It uh, this could fit, and we're gonna play one another track. This one features Danny singing, and man, she's got a couple tracks on here. I was like, holy shit! Like I remember their music, and it wasn't that her voice wasn't fantastic. It was just like this is next level, man. And, and you'll know what I mean. This track is the sixth track on Sail Away. It's called Before It's Too Late.
So what do you think of that one? That's a song that's uh, more closely related to some uh, Hank the Third songs I have I've heard. Uh, I can't name I can't name of the song specifically, but I know it's. <clears throat> I don't know the name of the song, but this guy is up front and he's doing the lead vocals. And then Hank Third comes in on this uh, rather aggressive chorus where it's like, I'm still drunk or I get drunk. It's uh, something with the word drunk in the fucking chorus. And it's a <laughs> chant along like that. And he's coming in like just yelling that. So it's not as aggressive as uh, your, you know, that song. I will tell you that. But it has that same sort of style. You know, yeah, the with Volk, Jameson's the, backgrounds that are like real, uh, the, the, the aggressiveness that you're talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's, uh, yeah, it's still showing that it's got some, uh, some attitude behind it. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, but still having like some, uh, some more serenity in the forefront. Absolutely. Yeah, pretty fantastic. Uh, I want to hopefully get to the other track, too. You've got another track to get to. We're starting to run low on time. So, yeah, definitely check out Clover's Curfew, Sail Away, fantastic album. Eric, uh, let's get to your track to wrap up the show. Uh, speaking of country music. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> genre transcendence. Right? Yeah. So a couple episodes ago, you heard me talking about how it was the 20-year anniversary of Johnny Cash's death and I played a cover song well <laughs> it was somebody covered Johnny Cash's song for a change right and that was uh yeah and that was Rancid and Dropkick Murphy's doing Folsom Prison Blues right anyway I decided that this is the episode where I get to choose one Johnny Cash song an original one okay sort of original it's a cover song but not the one you're thinking of <laughs> any of them this is a this is a different one this is uh uh, this is a song that he uh, played while he was in the, you know, doing the Folsom Prison one. Yeah, Johnny Cash, the man who was born in uh, Kingsland, Arkansas, 1932, as J.R. Cash. And I always wondered, what was the J.R. thing? Apparently, his parents couldn't decide on a name for him. His uh, father wanted to name him Ray. His mother wanted to name him John. So they just went, well, the initials of both names will do. But he eventually just started going for... Uh, uh, Johnny, because when he found out his name was John Ray Cash, he's <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I'll just go with Johnny. And he was born into a family of nine. Well, wow. eventually, he was the middle child, three older, three younger than him. And so, yeah, and plus the two parents, nine members of, that, of his immediate family. God damn. And he grew up working in his family's farm. And he learned guitar when he was 10 and was greatly influenced by a lot of gospel music. And when he was looking to get signed by uh, uh, by Sun Records, yeah, and Sun Records, that was the one that signed Elvis, just so you know, uh, they turned him down on the grounds that gospel music wouldn't sell. So he adjusted it to fit the standards of the music that was popular at the time. It was the 1950s, so rock and roll, rockabilly, and blues were all the rage. And Cash's mixture of his twangy country style with gospel vocal passages solidified him as a contender among his peers. You know, they didn't want another Elvis. They needed something different. One who actually wrote his own music, for one. <laughs> right. uh, again, yes, Johnny Cash's, some of his most famous songs are cover songs, but that's besides the point. <laughs> it, was, it was this that made Gash... <sighs> Oh, that's pretty cool. Johnny Gash. <laughs> take, take note of that, horror punks or psychobilly guys. Yeah, have a psychobilly band called Johnny Gash just covering JR right? songs. So, yeah. Anyway, it made his music so palatable to listeners affixed to any genre as he was so genre tangible. 
His heyday throughout the 50s and 60s garnered the attention of Columbia Records uh, to where he signed eventually, and it skyrocketed his, his career. And his lyrics run a unique gamut of like personal growth, anecdotes from his past, and fictional epics of like train hopping and uh, grunt work, for instance, and songs advocating for social and political change, like The Man in Black. That's actually a song he says he's wearing The Man in Black. He's wearing black for like all the causes in the world that he that he's representing. Right. You know, it's like the black can mean anything. Uh, and then there's also songs about his spiritual connection to the Lord. Yeah, Bible thumping J.R. Cash. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got his, uh, I mean, his initials are J.C. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that brings us to uh, today's song from the, from the album Folsom Prison when he played live. It's the live recording of Cash's sort of comeback show after he was able to get off of it, you know, get his drug addiction under control. He was on a lot of uh, uppers and downers, barbiturates and uh, amphetamines. Yeah, mostly because when he was out on when he was out on the road, he had to like uh, you know get up before he got on stage and go down before he went to sleep. So he got addicted to that. Got to the point where he was just taking them regularly. Just, he was taking wow. downers just to calm him down. So it was uh, yeah, it got it got out of hand for a minute. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm not doing Folsom Prison Blues, the original one, but. A fun fact about that song, that song was written when he was in the Air Force in 1950 to 1954, and he wrote it, um, yeah, and it came out on his uh, first album, Johnny Cash with the Blue Guitar, uh, Blue Acoustic Guitar, <laughs> it was, and it, said, it was about him comparing his life while in the Air Force on bass to being an inmate, you know, on the grounds of like isolation and following protocol, you know, you're not really feeling like a human anymore, you're just sort of... <laughs> it's just become a part of the structure of your environment. Anyway, the, there's a song on that live record, on that record that's called Greystone Chapel. And it was originally written by Glenn Shirley. And yeah, Glenn Shirley was an inmate. He was in there for life at, at Folsom Prison. And he wrote that song and recorded it. It was a reference to the prison chapel. And Cash was given that recording of the song by the, uh, uh, by the prison chapel priest, the preacher, and he was so taken by it that he's like, you know what? I'm going to learn this song, and I'm going to perform it the next day because Shirley is going to be in the audience. And sure enough, he was. He was sitting in the front row, and he had no idea this was happening. So it was a nice little surprise for him. So there is a little bit more of that song, but let's listen to the actual song first. There were multiple versions of it, so we had to find the right one. Inside the walls of prison My body may be But my Lord has set my soul free There's a gray stone chapel Here at Folsom A house of worship In this den of sin You wouldn't think that God had a place here at Folsom But he saved the soul of many lost men Now this gray stone chapel Here at Folsom Is 
Stands a hundred years old made of granite rocks It takes a ring of keys to move here at Folsom But the door to the house of God is never locked Inside the walls of prison my body may be But the Lord has set my soul free There are men here that don't ever worship There are men here who scoff at the ones who pray But I've got down on my knees in that grey stone chapel And I thank the Lord for helping me each day Now this grey stone chapel here at Folsom it has a touch of God's hand on every stone. It's a flower of light in a field of darkness. And it's given me the strength to carry on. Inside the walls of prison, my body may be, but my Lord has set my soul free. So yeah, when uh, when coming about this, uh, you know, this idea that I wanted to play a song that like accurately portrayed Johnny Cash's illustrious career, I was like, God, which one? <laughs> there is so many, so many iterations of Johnny Cash that we can that we can go to. Like I said, the guy is genre tangible and message tangible with some of his uh, with some of his music, and it's yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to sum him up in just a song. So I figured, well, why not do it in a little increments? I will be going back to Johnny Cash in a couple of months for reasons I will explain later. You don't need to know it right now. For now, okay. this is just for him. This is remembrance <laughs> for him. And I love the idea. The thing was, Johnny Cash had people coming up to him saying like how much their mus his music just changed their life for the better. And he felt like he was doing this man, uh, you know, Glenn Shirley, a service by doing that, which he did. You know, not... Not only was uh, Shirley flattered that Johnny Cash, this man who he idolized, was singing one of his songs, didn't even have to ask him. It was awesome. But Johnny Cash got in with the uh, warden and like sort of helped to uh, persuade him to get on parole. And, Jen and Glenn Shirley did get on parole. He was released, um, but he was falling back into his old habits because, you know, when you're in jail for 20 years, you kind of become adjusted to that life and you have to readjust to civilian life. It's a completely different world. And he couldn't do that. He was falling back into old habits. He was an addict in prison. And he became an addict again on the outside. And became estranged from his family. And he uh, ended up shooting a man, killing him. And then he was like, I can't go back to prison. I can't do this life anymore. So he just shot himself. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it was fucking horrible. And then when got, word got around and Johnny Cash, it came back to Cash. And he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so... All this, uh, it felt like uh, he was, you can tell he was probably sort of building a God complex, people uh, holding him on this uh, pedestal and just like looking at him like he was the savior. And he kind of felt that way. And he felt like, like I said, he was doing a service to this man, but only to realize that 
what he did wasn't enough. And that sent Cash himself back into a downward spiral. He got hooked on drugs again. His career was just kind of like dead at that point. The 80s were a sort of rough time for Cash and his family with the, you know, with June Carter Cash and all of his kids. They were just uh, busting apart at the seams. Uh, I mean, he did bounce back. I mean, come on. He bounced back in the 90s when Rick Rubin took him on his label, American Records, and did his last four albums through there and did an amazing covers of Rusted Cage and Hurt. So, yeah, he's... So, yeah, that's it. I'll save that for another time because I will be going back to Johnny Cash in December. So look for that one. Okay, we've got to wrap up the show, and we've got to do it quickly. So you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Player FM, Podvine, Podchaser, Verbal, and SLCPodcast.com. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening all the way up to this point. The bands are found on Instagram at Choice to Make, at Media Slaves Band, at Red Kate KC, at Territories underscore Band, at City underscore Saints, at Official Blitz Kid, at Slapshot Boston, at Clover's Curve. You go check that album out on Spotify, at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? Personal Instagram is Scary Uncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. My band's Instagram, Anonymous, is at Anonymous underscore Band Official, and The Apathetics are at TheApathetics.SLC. On Facebook, Anonymous SLC and The Apathetics. Bandcamp, Anonymous SLC, and TheApathetics.Bandcamp.com. My other podcast, Lead Melodies, on Instagram at leadmelodies underscore podcast. Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. Stream the episodes on anchor.fm. And on Facebook, check out the SLC Hardcore page where I post flyers for shows that are happening. And merch that's coming out. And music that's coming out. The bands are found on Facebook at Choice to Make, at Media Slaves Band, at Redcade KC, at Territories.PunkBand, at City Saints GBG, at Blitz Kid Official, at Slapshot Boston, at Clover's Curfew, at SLC Punkcast. Uh, I'll play that Clover's Curfew track on the end of next episode. We got to wrap this one. So thank you everybody for tuning in and listening all the way up to this point. Play the fucking outro.